Welcome to The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. Help. Oh, man, am I jealous of you. Being in Melbourne at this time of the year, and and obviously if you're listening to this in (laughs) summer, this is, uh, we're recording this one in September. In fact, second half of September now. Yeah, hello if you're joining us in 2025. Absolute fever pitch in Melbourne. Uh, Probably more, even more so because Carlton, long languishing oh outside of the top eight, long-suffering supporters uh, are getting their moment in the sunshine, aren't they? I thought at the, uh, don't quote me on this, Twenty, I want to say 2018 grand final when the Tigers won. Oh, God, I hope they won that year. I'd, I don't think I'd ever seen or ever would see again more grown men cry. Yeah. And that has been trumped by the weekend just gone with Carlton <laughs> winning by two points over the D's. I yeah. did it. I watched the first quarter, cuz not big, not too big, but love the vibe. The first quarter didn't need to watch any of the rest of the game because I was in about yeah. five group chats yeah. going yeah. off yeah. on yeah. Friday night. Yeah, well, there's quite a few listeners actually who support uh, the baggers uh, as they're as they're <laughs> as they're coined. Michael, I'm thinking of you, Andrew. Uh, you know, there's a few others. Bernie in our office, uh, like and he's Kel, he's yeah. just stereotypical Carlton supporter. He's just so negative because he like doesn't want to get his hopes up. So like they're, they're on an absolute heater. They've won like 12 games in a row or something, and you're sort of saying, oh, you know, Bernie, they're looking good. Nah, man, we are not good. We are not as good as what people are making out. <laughs> like just trying to manage his own expectations. And then just the slither of optimism crept in this morning where he said, mate, we're an even money Ooh. chance. We're an even money chance now. <laughs> Wait, I, I had this mate, Elias, who had this like this Carlton chook. It was like this knitted chicken that they called chook and they used to yeah. take to all the Carlton yeah. games. The They forgot the chook a couple of times and Carlton have won those games. So now Ooh. it's become a do not bring that chook anywhere near a Carlton game. <laughs> do not bring them into this. It's a bad omen now. Chook, chook is, you know. Well, I'm, cooked, well, I, well, well I'm, I'm going this weekend to watch the Lions play Carlton at the Gabba and I've booked my flights to go down next weekend to the grand final. Haven't got a ticket yet. So I've, obviously that's... Uh, have you? I'm absolutely winging it to try and get a ticket. But well, you're welcome um, to stay. You're welcome to stay. Yeah. No, yeah, I've, uh, I've locked everything in. But, um, but yeah, so if anyone wow. is listening to the pod and, and can get their hands on a ticket, <laughs> your guy is looking for one. There's not much fact, James won't do. Two. I'm looking for two. I've gone with, I'm going with Deegs, <laughs> Madam, you know Deegs, and yeah. I said to him, our oh. pact is if we can't both get a ticket, we're not going. We'll watch it at that a pub. That is a terrible pact. Are you serious? There's only two you've, of us. shouldn't be that hard. the flights. You're coming. Yep. Just go by yourself. It's the nah. best game to go by yourself. Anyway, enough because what if there's 40, you know, non-40 people here? True. It's funny because Sammy from uh, Queensland office moved down to our Melbourne office. He's getting amongst footy fever. He had no, We're talking about the baggers this, baggers that, and, you know, I had to sort of brush up on my lingo as well. But he's like, Alex, pulled me so he's like, what's, you know, Kelly keeps saying up the baggers, like what's, who's the bag? And then I told him it was Carlton, you know, and it, it got us chatting about, just funny names for things that we've heard lately. And yep. one of my absolute favourites lately, I think I've told you about this, but i got to share it, is um, the nickname for like a roast chook. You know, you get the roast chook from Woolies and Coles. Have you heard of the like the funny name for that? Yeah, because you <laughs> told me last week. <laughs> 
do remember it is probably a Bachelor's handbag? Bachelor's handbag, yeah. <laughs> Bachelor's handbag. And one time just, just oh, you might have one or two but that I'd love you to share because they're such such Aussie euphemisms, aren't they? Like I love yeah. them. A, a pair of three-quarter length pants, I've heard them called shin danglers. <laughs> I just think that's the funniest thing. <laughs> oh, you got your shin danglers <laughs> You get your shin daglers on and your bachelor's handbag. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any like stupid uh, oh, nicknames? Like the one I've just never understood and it's <laughs> probably, I don't even know if you can say it these days, if you can call it that, but the wife beater, oh, like I've never understood the context of the wife beater. Oh, well, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like it's made me not want to wear one. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't really want to wear one. You do wear a wife beater under your like shirt though. No, no I don't. <laughs> No, I do not. Maybe, J- maybe JB's got a bit of an idea of why it's called the wife beater. It's bad because... I don't know. Do like you know? It- I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth sharing or not, but it's, it's as the name suggests. It's, it's pretty People self explanatory. Wear them. Yeah. Okay. Imagine well, then hence bombs- I'm justified in saying I'm, I don't want to wear one. It's almost like like when you see someone like drinking a can of like monster energy and you know that they've got holes in their walls at their house. <laughs> Yeah, but that's because they're <laughs> drinking monster energy. <laughs> Bombs have probably just been trying to cut oh out God. that nickname for so long. They call it the tradies, the tradies singlet anyway. Um, I've right. got a bit of a stat fact for you. Can we run the okay. stinger? Stat. Stat fact. The stat man. Stat fact. Sorry, just before when you said to me, um, you're really jealous of me, I, I laughed because I'm like quite pregnant right now and I've, I've spent the whole weekend <laughs> at a birth course. So I was just like, oh, you're jealous, are yeah, you? Yeah, no, not jealous of that. Like, geez, I love this time with Han. Uh, anyway, I my, my stat fact is relevant to me bringing that up. The average cost of raising a child in Australia today. Mm-hmm. All right, both of you get a crack. What do you think the average cost today uh, per, is per for a kid? It doesn't, per annum, yep. It doesn't actually stipulate their age, so sorry yeah. about that. And this is a stat fact from Choosy, Cost of Kids Report 2023. So I didn't make it up. It's not just from Google. It's from an actual report. And this is the average of, like, healthy kids and sick kids. Yeah, it, exactly. Like, depending on social, um, like, social economic, you know, they could go to private school, public, you yeah. know, it's the yeah. average yeah. Okay. per okay. All ages. Mm. Yep, yep. Like, you know, uh, I'm guessing up well, to like 14 years or something that this report's on. I'm thinking like more in my zone. So my, my little fella's six months. I'd go and get mm. some um, get some nappies on the weekend. That was 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, so, and he's starting to eat. Uh, <laughs> you can't get much change out of 200 bucks a week, I don't reckon. And probably more if they're older. What's that? I, I was going to say closer to like 20 grand, like 20, it, but in, in school. What's like, that, $400, $400 a week? Yeah, in school though, I would even go as high as maybe 25. Yeah. Hard, yeah. This, and this is the average. Mm. That's why I say it's probably a bit. Yeah, man, if they're wanting, if they're wanting a fresh pair of Air Jordans, Oof. like phew, there's 350 mm. in one in one sitting. These kids have mm. phone plans now too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's why they're all, they're all, um, you know, they're all yeah. nosy moseying off your, your free uh, Wi-Fi. I'm, I reckon I, I I think Jordan's probably right, 20,000 20, a year. I was going to highball and say 30 because I was, I was wrong with... I was, <laughs> You're I was, going up by the minute. Yeah, I, I was wrong with Guzman <laughs> by a lot and I need to redeem myself. So I'm okay. going to go 30. 
Average cost of raising a child in Australia today in 2023 is $12,823 per annum. Yeah. So obviously yeah, that is surprising. the average. Wow. That is, Jeez, you, should that be is able like, to, you should be able to deduct that as an expense. <laughs> like you shouldn't have, that shouldn't be after-tax dollars really. Well, you know. You're, you're, yeah. you're investing in the future of Australia. Here's one for you as well. What do you think, and this might be my last one because I really dragged out this intro here, what do you think the average weekly pocket money is that a kid receives today? Oh, a pineapple, 50. I'd go, what? I'd go 20. Yeah, I'd go 20 what? if it's average. Average weekly yeah. is $21 per oh, week. okay. Yeah, okay. What so I think that's um I calculated before it's like eleven hundred bucks a year, um, you know it's not too that bad. can't include like that, lunch money and is stuff. Is that included though. in the average cost of raising a child? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think they're separate. I don't think you can you can like bung that into the pocket money. Otherwise, we used, to, you know. we used to get like a certain amount of money, and it was our pocket money as well as say if we wanted to spend money on food at school because normally oh, like what? one lunch a week. And so I would spend it, and then probably even eat into some of my pocket money. My sister Simone still got her first dollar. I reckon <laughs> she. I was gonna say never bought lunch for seven years of high school. <laughs> stole, she probably stole a few bunches. Kaz, talk me through vacancy rates uh, at an all-time low. And I think maybe we're a little bit desensitised to this now, but but for context, for all the listeners out there, 25 mm. to 3% is just normal. Like you're always going to have that sort of 2 2.5% where people naturally move out, upgrade their needs. Um, you've got a period, you know, where the property's vacant. So 2.5% is normal. Where are we sitting today? We're sitting at 1.1%, but if you look at Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth, they're all under 1%, like as, as low as sort of like 0.6 to 0.8 of a percent, which is basically nothing. You know, it's a property coming onto the market for two days because they're in between tenants. Mm. Uh, but I just want to give a little bit of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knackers in your office, he sent out a pretty good article last week that just sort of really like headlined the net population increase, you know, year to date. And just on a day, our net increase is 1,543 people per day. That is, that's a lot. I'm, I'm almost surprised that we've got, obviously, you know, a part of that is made up of births as well, but um, with 454,000 migrants year to date or like even week, week to date, if you like, um, I'm surprised that our vacancy rate is is as high as 1.1 percent. Yeah, it's a lot in that isn't context. It? That is a lot. Yeah. yeah, and you think about is that is that right? Like that 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 means that you need to be building about 700 homes a day. That can't be right. That's a lot. 1,543 a day times 365. Like because is the that average the right household's two people. Yeah. Yeah, but but say like you know our birth rate. What have we? We've had a uh, hundred and eight thousand eight hundred births year to date, mm. right? Um, you know, babies go into our like existing households. Mm. <laughs> they mm. don't make up. They don't make up one of the two, do they? No, no, no. no. It's a crazy no. number. Phenomenal. Just you, you know, you, you notice it. Like uh, I think I told you, um, Simone's trying to buy a house at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Moment, my sister us, yeah. and. Um, uh, we went to some open homes on the weekend 
and and there was quite a few. Like I, I I'm obviously I'm not there to bite, so I'm just walking around, kind of observing you know, for observing. the podcast. Uh, well, yeah, and in, interestingly, I heard at quite a number of these open homes, people saying that they're like finding their rents are going up quite significantly. So it's pushing mm. them to consider buying a little bit earlier than, than what they had thought. And then they're kind of running into the same issue uh, where they're trying to buy. And, and, you know, there's 20, 30 people at these open homes. So it's, it's sort of supply hits at both ends was, was I guess, my, my takeaway where yeah. you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You know, do, yep. you, do you just keep having that uncertainty around what your rent's going to be or do you try and get into the market as painful and um, and 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 confronting as that can be, and control your own destiny at, at least? Mm. No, it's a, it's a bloody tough one. It's a really tough one. But yeah, Brisbane, I mean, Brisbane, look, Adelaide, Brisbane, Adelaide, and Perth. Pretty much, you know, when you're when you're at 06 percent, like Adelaide is at the moment, mm. that is like crisis, absolute crisis mode. Like there'd yeah. be point six percent turnover just from people, you know, literally finishing up a lease. I mean, surely, you know, you'd, you'd be looking at, I don't know, moving in with another family or, or whatever it may be. Like you'd, you'd just be doing something you've never done before, right? Surely. Yeah. Hey, um, let's talk about jobs. Uh, Australia's unemployment I've got one. rate. You? <laughs> yeah, I've got one. Uh, Australia's unemployment <laughs> rate, in fact, most Australians have one uh, today, 3.7%. The unemployment rate. Mm. There's 14 million people with a job in Australia mm. today, and and for perspective, before the pandemic, there was about 13 million Australians that had a job. So there's one million more that are employed than before the pandemic. And and at the peak of the pandemic, when people were getting let off, 12 million people had a job. So since I think the middle of 2021, two million people have have gained a job. Incredible numbers. No matter which well, way you dice them. Yeah, what do we get up to? Like seven percent unemployment thereabouts? Seven seven percent? Can't remember. Thereabouts, yeah. Three point seven percent is yeah. is it's the lowest in fifty years. So we're, we're yeah. jobs are you know, but but I I think what we love looking at, don't we, is the vacancies because this shows us where are the jobs being created and in what industries, and then and then I guess that then forms some really important uh, and valuable intel and data into mm. where might be good areas to invest. This is true. This is true. I think, um, like, there's a couple of ways to look at it, and I, I note that um, you might even be putting this out in a blog this week or some description uh, from from Bulletproof for the people. But That might be the a plan. Few, that's the plan. Beautiful. Well, a few different ways to look at it. I guess, um, you know, first is to look at where most of the jobs are throughout Australia. Like just yeah. as, a, as a proportion, I think it, it comes as no surprise that um, the state with the, the highest proportion of job vacancies, sorry, um, is, well, actually, no. So this well, is businesses, no. the percentage of all their businesses in the whole state that yes. are saying we're looking for someone right now. Precisely. So, yeah, this comes as no surprise. New South Wales. I'm not surprised by that. No, I'm surprised like, by the number though. The number is high. 26%. So nearly oh. one in four businesses True. are saying we're hiring today. Well, I mean, like just, just from the outside, you look at that and you go, well, they must be scaling up. They must be scaling up or, or you know, introducing a, a new department or, um, or or something rather or a new, new niche and they're trying to hire for that for that um for that section. Second is Queensland. I was actually quite surprised by this 25.4% job vacancies. Same, mm. one in four. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the 
four, I think four of the top five are your biggest capital cities, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria and, and WA, which to me makes sense, you know, like they're, they're, they're where the jobs are created. And a lot of people, I, I don't know about you, but I, I do often get asked, you know, what about this regional area? And I, I do find it mm. hard, to, hard to answer because it's just not um, predictable. You've got, you know, volatility where jobs can be yeah. created, but then, you know, your, your capital cities is where the bulk of jobs are created, yep. aren't yep. they? Yeah, absolutely. And so then table two here, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll post the link to this on the blog, but this was the one that really caught my attention. So that's the proportion of jobs that are, that businesses are advertising at the moment. If you then look at what is that compare, how does that compare, sorry, to this time last year, which, in which capital cities and territories, is there more businesses that are looking for people than there was this time last year? Yeah, yeah. There is... How have the tables turned? There is four capital cities, four capital cities, but interestingly enough, I think you can rule out New South Wales because it's pretty much the same. So let's say there's only three. I think there's three capital cities. Australian Capital Territory is up by 3.4%. So that's a that's a fairly significant increase, albeit it is on the second bottom, you know, so it's the second lowest of all capital cities. So so correct me, so their their vacancies have increased. Their Yep. So this people time, people have left politics. So yeah, seventeen percent <laughs> of businesses advertising this time uh, versus what about thirteen and a half uh, last year. Mm. Queensland and South Australia though, both up by two and two and a half percent, and they're in the the top five or six. So no surprise. I'm drawing a long bow here, but dare I say that might be the reason for the low vacancy rates in those yes. two particular areas. They're exactly. creating more jobs than the other capital cities today. And look, I mean, it, it doesn't make it any better that they're trying to hire people and there's not very many places for them to live. I mean, assuming that, you know, like they're trying to bring them from, from interstate, which I imagine that they are. Like I'm sure these companies will, will look anywhere. Overseas, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess the, the, the third part of that, Kaz, is what industries, what industries have um, the largest job vacancies? So, you know, perhaps we're, we're lacking the, the skill um, in the migration or, or we're not, you know, less Australians are training for that in, in uni or trades or, you know, whatever yep. it is um, you, or however it is, I should say, you educate for, for it. Um, highest industry with vac- most job vacancies, um, it's, it's quite quite generic, but electric electricity, gas, water and waste service, 36.7% job vacancy. Pretty high. Yeah, and then accommodation and food services second, which does make sense to me. The hospitality industry lost so many workers during yep. the pandemic. Uh, they had to shut a lot of the businesses. So naturally they're, they're tooling back up and, and, and we're seeing that in the um, uh, tourism data as well, that the tourism numbers are slowly getting back to their pre-COVID levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess a few few honourable mentions to the to the high ones, but um, public administration and safety, healthcare and social assistance, education and training, and even mining is still quite high. They're all between your sort of twenty five to to thirty four percent job vacancy. All industries apparently nearly a twenty five percent job vacancy. Yeah. So I mean, the Crazy. takeaway to me is safe bet today. Queensland or South Australia, 
Yeah. In areas in proximity to health, education, a capital city, and an airport for the purpose of the mining. Mm. And you know, if you're if you're in one of these industries, you know, it might be potential for you to earn a little bit more money because these guys, they're they're hurting with the yeah. job vacancies. They want to hire. Absolutely. You know, there's a few wins in there for sure. Hey, I thought we'd wrap it up with a, a question that we won't deal with in the quick shots because <laughs> I thought okay. it I thought it was it was such a, a, a good question and 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 required like a fair bit of unpacking that I thought, look, it it belongs in the main body and it came from Damien. Uh, so, Damien, hello. Uh, you've graduated from not just quick sh- He sent it in for the purpose of quick shots. It's graduated <laughs> to the main body. And it's around insurance. And, and I, I am getting this a bit at the moment where, ins- I don't know if you've noticed this yourself, but insurance premiums have jumped significantly. Mm. And it has given me cause to look into, you know, getting more and more quotes to compare. And I have noticed too that there's a massive variance in terms of the building sum insured from one insurer to another. So you've got not only a big difference in premiums, but then a difference in the coverage that they're providing as well. Mm. And Damien's question is, you know, what are the most important variables to get right? Because there are quite, like if you go and get a quote for insurance, you can play around with the the sum yes. insured, the type of insurance, um, you know, the, the, the uh, premium amount, the excess, you, you name it. So I'm not sure where you want to start. I don't know if you've got your own um, experience uh, that you want to kick us off with. Yeah, I mean, look, insurance premiums have, are definitely increasing or have increased, but I think we've also got to remember that they've, I mean, our building prices and our rents, what we're insuring has increased. You know, so I think, um, you know, whilst there might be quite a significant variable that you've pointed to, we've also got to remember that we are insuring more. Like as a dollar value, hence hence we are paying more as well. Um, you know, rents have gone up, building prices have gone up, etc. Uh, anytime you call a, a building uh, and landlord insurance provider, like they will have a list of questions for you. Um, like you know, what are the building materials? Is it made out of brick? You know, is it double brick? Is it two stories? Um, you, do you want to ensure the contents? Which you know, you don't want to ensure the contents if you're a. I see that a lot actually. If you're an investment property owner, you don't need to ensure the contents. Um, what's the roof made out of? Uh, what's the current value in terms of replacement? And the replacement value is really interesting. You got to get that one right because. If you're building like something brand new, you know, say something costs $300,000 to build, um, the replacement value is not necessarily $300,000. You know, you've got to factor in if if it's um, burnt down or, or, you know, something Mm. terrible, you've got to remove everything, clear the site, get it ready to actually build again. So replacement value is is typically quite a bit more. Um, So there, there is a lot to consider there. Um, I think the sort of the direction of, of Damien's question was, you know, Insurance premiums are really high. Like, what, how can I, how can I tighten them up? And I think you know the answer to that is shopping around a little bit, like like you've done, because. Um, but compare but apples I think with also, apples. I think don't just go off what the minimum insured amount is that the insurer will give you. Try and set them all at the same amount. I think that's something you don't want to play around with. Like, f- find out what you know. 
ring around and, and you know, there's websites like Allianz that will give you a, an estimate, you know, based on the, the postcode that you're in and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, but get that. I think he's right that that is a really important one to get right. You can sort of play around with the excess. You can play around with, um, you know, I guess a, f- a few of those sort of more minor things, um, drop the contents like you suggest, maybe even split the landlord and the building because I, g- I generally don't find that the landlord and the building insurance mm. bundled together works out better than getting them on their own. Uh, but the building sum insured, make sure that's consistent between providers. Yeah. And and I think too, like really good point to actually check on your insurance uh, premiums and, and whatnot if you have it in a while. Like even if you bought a house three or four years ago, I went and did a little bit of an interesting exercise just on a, on a property that I knew... Um, had definitely increased in price, in, in, in value for replacement. So I bought a property, um, finished the, signed the contract end of 2020. Uh, the build finished uh, end of 2021. I paid $320,000 for that build. It was two story. Yep. <laughs> bargain, bargain. 2021, um, $320,000. Yep. Yep. Paid, paid that. Fee, uh, that figure, sorry, at the end of 2020 and it finished actually building at the end of 2021. So it would have cost me more at the end of 2021 to build the exact same product. Nonetheless, I paid $320,000, but I actually insured it for $400,000 because that's where the mm. um, the market was at that time. So I had to be um, really mindful of where the market was to replace that, you know, worst case scenario, burnt down, whatever, two stories, yada, yada. So I actually insured it for 400000 I have admittedly not reviewed uh, or called that insurance provider since to update the information and I just had a bit of a, a look to see what they increased. They automatically increased the the lump sum value, like the current value of the property every year. So I had a bit of a look to see what they insured it for the, the following year or what they boosted it up by. They boosted it up by 4%. Actually, not not a lot. I'm pretty sure building prices went up about twenty like percent in enough. that same year, four <laughs> percent, and then the following year went up by six percent, which you know is mm-hmm. like accumulatively, it's it's far too low. Um, but I found that a really interesting exercise. And then the rent I had originally insured four hundred thirty dollars a week. I'm now getting five hundred eighty dollars a week. So you know something goes wrong there. I'm not covered. So Damien, by the way, big thank you because I've now reviewed you saved everything. Alex's bacon. Yeah, save my bacon because I'll be calling and uh, you know updating all of those pronto. But yeah, you you need to really review and and I guess get a pretty good handle of, of the market for like true replacement value of your property um, from what you paid to where it is today and certainly the market rent so that you're covered as a as a landlord. But yeah, re- review all of them and, and do as James says, um, go for an apples for apples. All right, us, that'll do us. Huh. Have a great take weekend. take on that last one. Sorry. Yeah, have, have, have a good weekend. Uh, keep an eye out for quick shots, guys, later in the week. We do have more questions over and above <laughs> Damien's. Uh, well, actually, we do. We're going to have to find another one there to re- replace Damien's. <laughs> Just wouldn't have been a very quick shot. you still got time <laughs> to send them through, guys. All right. Talk soon. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, 
Think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.